still love me. <laughs> we say in, in Kairos that in order to follow Christ, you've got to hang on with both hands. You can't have one hand on Christ and another hand somewhere else. It's like a trapeze artist. You, if you want to let go of one and go to another, you have to let go and then grasp the other. So when these men are turning their lives over to Christ, they're letting go of all of the things that they have learned to do to survive in their lives. Often, those things have, are the very things that have gotten them into trouble. And so, for us to be there and to share with them our own struggles, and that all of us have had the same challenge, is a great gift. And I think the, the refrain from the psalm says it as well in a wonderful way. Put your trust in the Lord and do good. <laughs> because doing good is not always the thing that comes to mind or the thing that somebody tells you, you better not do that because you'll suffer. But if you trust in the Lord, doing good can be something you can risk. Turn, if you turn your life over to Christ, doing good can be something that becomes natural, even though you recognize that you may suffer as a result. I love this story of Zacchaeus. I had a conversation with the, the chapel clerk who's been incarcerated for 30 years. Think about that. He's not an old man either. He's very big, burly, and black. And he and I were sitting across a table and sharing the fact that we're both ordained and that we're going to preach today. And he told me what he was going to preach on. And I said, you know what I'm going to preach on? I'm going to preach on the lynching that didn't happen. He said, I said, you know, the story of Zacchaeus. Oh, yeah, he said. And all of a sudden you could hear the nickel drop. He got that. So let's, let me, because we haven't listened to this story. We haven't even interpreted it correctly. We haven't translated it correctly because we have made it, we have kind of domesticated it, made it sound nice. As if Zacchaeus had sent Jesus an engraved invitation and was a good Episcopalian. No, no, no. Zacchaeus was a tax collector. Now, I don't mean he was just a tax collector. He was a tax farmer. It was a Ponzi scheme. He had people working for him who were out there uh, intimidating people into paying their taxes, whatever, getting whatever they could. And then they would give him everything and he would give them their cut. And he was a very wealthy man. Now the thing about Zacchaeus is everybody knew who he was and what he did. 
And so when they're walking through Jericho, and there's a whole crowd of people walking with Jesus, and there's this curious dude up a tree. You wonder what he's doing up that tree. Why would he do that? Well, we all say, oh, he, he, he wanted to see who Jesus was. Well, I'm sure that's true on some level, but the real reason was he was hoping to hide in the foliage from the, the, the view of those people who were following Jesus and were his enemies who hated him because he stole all their money, left them very little to live on. And they, you can see them as you think about this, they're picking up stones. They're ready to lynch a guy. Jesus is not born yesterday. He knows what's going on. And so he doesn't give them a wagging finger and tell them, be good. He says, Zacchaeus! Hey, Zacchaeus! Hey, man! Come on down! I'm going to your house for lunch today. And Zacchaeus is like totally startled, but at the same time, he's saved. I mean literally saved from being stoned, lynched by that crowd, that angry crowd. And they're still angry. You hear that, hey, who is this? What is he? He's eating with this sinner. Well, what they mean is, he belonged to us. We wanted to get him. But Jesus, without punishing anybody, simply opens his arms and says, hey, I'm going to be your guest today. That's a wonderful thing. I don't know if you have had the experience of meeting someone or having someone be a guest in your home, getting to know someone, as a guest, and then recognizing that you are actually the guest. That that person, in the way they're listening to you, in the way they're loving you, has made you the guest. They are the host. That's how Jesus operates. No engraved invitations. It's just openness and love. So for us, the issue is, how can our life reflect that openness and love? And the reality, how can we claim the reality that God's love never fails? Even Jesus on the cross, loving those who were crucifying him. Where does that come from? I mean, how can that happen? Love never fails, and he knows it. And he's willing to love to the end to prove the fact that God's love never fails. Thank you so much for your gracious listening and letting me be your guest today.